Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 258. This is Russ, and it's a full house tonight. We have Aaron. Snowy Walkers, yay. We have Chub Toad. King Top. King Top. We have Jim. Uh, I, I believe the preferred term is Walker Sickles. Yes. And certainly last but not least, Daryl Taylor. I want to know why. What is with the broken thumbs and cut off toes? What is that about? I don't know. On okay, the, uh, on the uh, Facebook group, I, why why we have to get that? I don't know. What? What did we do? That? It's in the groups. It's in the Facebook group. It's in the Facebook group. Keep up. Somebody, yeah. Yes. There was, there was a rush to get a review in before we started recording. I don't want. I don't want the pain. <laughs> don't hurt me. You, you cause enough pain on your own. You don't. You don't need. Yeah, you don't I know. Need any extra, right? I need extra. Doing house repair. That's enough pain. Where every every one hour project turns into a two day ordeal. I tell you, getting that murder shed fixed for the spring is just murder it's shed. Worse, it's worse murder when you own it. Yeah, it's serious. <laughs> so I got to do everything here. Who's the jerk that's supposed to fix this? Oh, it's you. I yes, am that you. jerk. I am that jerk, sir. I resemble that remark. Oh. <laughs> and Chandler Riggs let out the coldest uh, tweet of the Walking Dead universe this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, somebody from The Walking Dead tweeted out, y'all need to read the comics, and Chandler Rig- Riggs replied, that's what I told Scott Gimple. <laughs> I said, that's <laughs> That was, that was a sick You burn. know he did air guns after he did that. Tweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish he brought that kind of energy to his performance on the show. That would have probably oh, helped him out there. Oh, oh, hey, I got oh. him. I got him. Whoa. Ow. Let's not speak ill of the dead, sir. Huh? Carl. R.I.P. Carl. Oh, that's but right. In the Church of Carl, he's always living in our hearts. You know what? I forgot to read the letter he left for me. Hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> is, it, is it in first or second uh, Carl Rithians? I'll start, uh, I'll start the Bear McCreary thoughtful background music as you read it. Yes. All right. Play the music. Cue it. Be right back. Uh, we've, we, it's funny, Aaron. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback um, on the concept of us doing a Deadwood, uh, a Deadwood <laughs> yeah. series of podcasts. Um, you know, I was, oh wow! I'd be in. I'd be. I've. I've been doing a little uh, workshopping on some names. So you know, given that I've. I've watched one full season of Deadwood. I've. I've got some names that maybe we could come up with for a podcast. Are you going to curse during this one, like well, they do in Deadwood? <laughs> you have to curse like they do on the Deadwoods. Yes. So the first one I came up with was. Hoople Heads, a Deadwood uh-huh. fan podcast. Mm-hmm. Wow. The next one I came up with was Discuss HBO's Deadwood. 
There's, you don't whoa, need anything else. Whoa, <laughs> iTunes is never going to approve that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're going to bring that down about 20% now. That seems why like not, a surefire hit until like, you said it out loud. <laughs> why not um, uh, Swingin' Cast? Well, that, that, yeah, that's a good one, too. And then the last one I have is uh, Gold Guns, Booze and P***. Tales from the series. Jeez. Dead I, I thought it working couldn't get so me. blue. Oh, my goodness. I, I thought it couldn't get any pearls. better, but this is great. <laughs> I was thinking about that this week. My wife and I were catching up with American Gods. Ian McShane was on that as well. I was wondering if you guys were going to do this Deadwood thing. You got to. Why not Deadheads podcast? Because I think that's misleading. Exactly. Um, let's see. Well, uh, coming imagine up. the clicks. Coming up offhand, let's let's see. I don't know. Uh, Bullocks, bollocks. Um, what else we got here? Let's see. Pretty family friendly. I like the other uh, calamity cast. You could record uh, it in the AM and call it Morning Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. The HHWLOD Saloon. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll work on it. But yes, there there was a lot of <laughs> thoughts on us doing a Deadwood podcast, yes. and I think the I think uh okay I think the the willing compromise that I came up with was well, there's three seasons. We could do like three big episodes focused on each three each of the three seasons. We could we could squeeze those in. Yeah, that, I I agree. I I don't have the I, I don't have the time or inclination. I think Mm-mm. at this point to do like a one episode per episode. Oh, yeah. That's a young man's game. Yeah. That's 30 hours. Yeah. Uh, and then the movie's coming up. The- game? What the hell are you talking about? That's a young man's game. Yeah, but the, yeah, the movie's coming up at the end of May. So. <laughs> so if we, yeah, if we did, if we watched it like right when it came out and then posted something, we could probably get it up right before the, uh, uh, before Walking Dead shows up. Because I guess that's Friday, so... This is how the Americans podcast came to be. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yes. So stay tuned, but uh, obviously it will not be called either of those three things that I mentioned above. In my mind, it will always be that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The gold guns, what was it? Hot buns, what? Uh, <laughs> gold guns, booze and pussy. Yeah, I just, I want, I don't even announce it, and then I just want, Brad's reaction whenever that just comes across the master feed. <laughs> hey, Brad, we got a new cast, buddy. <laughs> Check it out. Did you keep it really simple and just call it Russ and Aaron go west? <gasps> <gasps> I love it. And I know we can we can bring in other things too. We can just like talk about other random westerns whenever we decide to pick up the podcast. Oh. How the West was yeah. one. Can we do five, the wild, podcast wild in Silverado? West. Five of goes west. <laughs> Just for the listeners to understand, when we talk about westerns, the first thing that comes to Richard's mind are Wild Wild West and mm-hmm. How the West Was Won. Those, mm-hmm. are, those, are, the, those are the quintessential westerns. <laughs> Actually, I've, I would be down for a Bonanza cast. Just saying. Just saying. Is that like a thousand episodes? Oh, my God. <laughs> that was good, yeah, I, I hear you. That was a good steakhouse. But anyway, we're here to talk about The Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you, uh, Jim. So uh, stay tuned. I mean, those other things. So you know, uh, stick around for it. Spin off the sequels that may occur in the break. But uh, <laughs> so then, season nine, episode Dead. sixteen, the storm, uh, directed by Greg Nicotero, excellently, expertly directed by Greg Nicotero. Very cool, out there. Uh, I thought this was a very, very satisfying season finale, in my opinion. 
I um, agree, and I'm I'm interested to hear the rest of your guys' takes. But yeah, the uh, the listeners are decidedly mixed on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very uh, aware of that. I'm a little down the middle. I mean, it wasn't a bad episode, but it wasn't what I would call a big climactic season finale because I think we got that last week. So this was more like the last chapter of the Harry Potter books where it's just really satisfying and wraps up some things and. You know, oh. so that's not a bad thing, but it that's definitely spoiling Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm saying. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jim. Sorry, Jeez, dude. Uh, I guess I don't God, have to start I'm reading to read until he finds out Snape dies. Jeez. It doesn't just oh. end. It, it doesn't just end after the owl and Hagrid come in and save everybody. Like that's not the last page of the book. <laughs> I assumed that was. What <laughs> no, they go to dinner together, and it just fade, cuts to black in the middle of their dinner. They yeah. all shut their oh. wands up in the air. James Gandolfini as Hagrid. Anyway. They, they were in purgatory the whole time. Hey, oh. With a few caveats, I, I thought this was a decent episode. Yeah. Uh, I thought last week's was better. I have a few things I had issue with. Like one one thing at the very beginning we'll get to, but I don't want to get ahead of our wonderful recap by Mr. Russ. So It was very, I don't know, I I. And I really enjoyed it. it. It just felt nice to see something different in terms of that oh. being in the wintertime. Like, I, I really... I did like that, yeah. I it really was liked It's definitely that. more character-focused. Yes. Plot-focused. Yeah, sure. Although... It, oh, go ahead, there. And it was cool to not have an ultimatum thing of this person is going to die. I didn't yeah. feel like that every, you know, every minute of the of the episode. And I don't think we need it. I don't think we needed it. Agree for the uh, yep. for a closing thing, especially when the show is pretty much based on head counts as it is. Yeah. So I would like to understand how the laws of physics work in the Walking Dead universe, though. We'll get to that. Well, there's things to talk about. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm just saying, one's buried under snow. Move. Ones above it are frozen like... I think there is a logic to that, but we'll get to it. I think so, too. (laughs) Okay. God forbid we discuss something on our podcast. (laughs) Come on. Oh, Jim, we'll get to it. Okay, well, let's get to it, then. We we got got to talk about fear. Together. Oh, yeah, the last bit of news. We got a Fear the Walking Dead trailer. Yeah, boy. And it looks like for sure it's coming back June the 2nd, the same night as the premiere of Nosferatu. Which was a great book, by the way. I'm looking huh? forward to that. That's a yeah. book? It's a comic. It's a, it's a comic oh. and a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but there's a show. show? Is it gonna I, read, be a show? I read the yeah. novel. Yeah. Oh, I didn't it, know that. That's so it's, style, it's stylized as the car license plate, the NOS4A2? Yes. That's, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. That's, the, that's the actual title, yes. Yes, starring Zachary Quinto. And we're going to have witches. I, I kept getting the commercial for the new show. Uh, what is it? Witches and something? They kept advertising. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yes. You saw that, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I kept seeing that. I mean, they advertised it a lot. It was every break they advertised Yeah, there's this weird show. cross-pollination with, like, AMC, BBC America. Yeah. Like, it's it's weird because, like, What's Killing the... Eve is also on AMC. That was the other like, one. That was the the BBC other. America show. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Is that, is that good? Killing I, Eve is awesome. I was oh, yeah, great. Is great. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. well, I, I thought about <laughs> checking it out last night, and I was like, ah. Oh, yeah. You'll want to keep watching it. Like it's I saw the pilot. I was like, eh, okay. 
It's horror fans. It looks so cool, though. It's it a... is so cool. It's great. So is this a remake of a BBC show? Is that what you said? No, no, no it's no, just... No, it's, it's, it, they aired it at BBC, and then it's like one of those crossover kind of thing where like, they aired uh, on okay. BBC and AMC. It got the I, see, it was on, I think it was on BBC America for the first season. Uh, it was, yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right. And now, now AMC has it, so they're, they're replaying right, the first right, season right. In, when, lead, in build up to cool. the second season. Awesome. When they did the bow and arrow uh, spell, I guess I, that looked kind of cool on on uh, TV. I'll check it out. But yeah, Nosferatu and uh, Fear the Walking Dead premiere the same night, so it'll be good night for horror TV. I'll check that but, out as well because I like the book. Wait, doesn't all television end in twelve weeks? What? What are you talking about? When the game, when when Game of Thrones is gone, that's the end uh, of television, right? You shut <laughs> up. <laughs> No, winter just ends and it becomes spring again. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get a grip. And we have World. to set the clocks forward. Ah, okay, gotcha. Exactly. We already did no. it. It's back. Yeah, we Hi, did. Hi, is the conductor and, uh, train uh, back Gen- on the track? <laughs> yes. yes. Gen- Gen- Gendry sits on the throne and we're all happy. Like, that's <clears throat> Ooh. So, the episode is kind of bookended with this radio segment. So, it, it starts out and it's Ezekiel on the radio. Uh, speaking to someone and talking about how they tried to hold on right. and essentially it just goes into all the problems at the kingdom that, that have been festering for a while and just finally mm-hmm. came to a head after the fair and before the storm kicked in where you know all the pipes are bre- breaking, they can't get any heat, they, they can't get any water, mm-hmm. um, there's you know, the fires happening, like it's just chaos at the kingdom and they can't, yeah. they just can't maintain it anymore. Well, this is one of my problems with the episode. I do really didn't buy that. Like, I understand that he's detailing it here as he tells on the radio and everything and all the problems. But like, I just I feel like they've invested so much in that community. It would it doesn't feel right for them to just abandon it. You know it what seems I mean? Disjointed because it's like, mm-hmm. wait, a week ago they were like having this fair and everything right. was great, and yeah, they right. talked about problems with the pipes and they've mentioned, you know, that was the whole purpose of Henry going to Hilltop originally, but it didn't seem dire. It just seemed like, hey, we need to start getting right. our stuff together and and doing some maintenance on this place or it's going to go to hell. But it it seemed like it went from things being fine for the fair to being utterly, Rust. you know. In, in in disrepair and it in maybe it was clear to you guys but it wasn't clear to me how much time had passed between uh the end of last episode and this episode because they yes. mentioned yeah. at one point like a couple months like um we'll get to it a little later but ezekiel but it kind of gets to what it, our discussion right now ezekiel talks to daryl about the whole um hey these past few couple months have been tough on carol and i and when he talks yeah. about daryl leaving it wasn't clear to me. Was he basically saying like, "Hey, it's been two months, and so now that's that's why this winter and everything got as bad as it was." Which, if it was, that seems really strange because Mich- that means Michonne has been at at the kingdom for that long away from right. Judith and RJ, which that right. doesn't seem right either. So, no, either way you play it, it seems a little odd with the timeline. You know, one one thing doesn't well, seem to ring true versus the other. Exactly. And one thing that bothered me was they've already weathered like five winters there before, right? Or well, six they, winters. They dig into it a little where they'd say like it's never been like this before, yeah, which yeah. I mean, if you look at right. Virginia, like the nature of that area doesn't tend to be blizzard intensive. Like it gets cold right, and it right. snows little, but like this is an anomaly. 
which I can buy into. I, I agree. Like this is like the one caveat I had to accept with this episode mm-hmm. that the kingdom would just be abandoned mm-hmm. the way it is. Right. But at the same time, it's like I I get it. I get what you're trying to do, so I'm willing to accept it. But yes, I mean, I my assumption was it's been a couple months just based off how everyone's kind of addressing things and whatnot, given the what happened last week and like where everyone seems to be at this point. But yeah, it is weird to think like so. Michonne has either been going back and forth for whatever reason, or. She's just been there. I, I, I'm not quite sure, but... Well, yeah. I get I mean, that they, she was gone a little bit just by the way Judith and RJ were whenever she shows back up at the end of the episode. Like, I feel like they'd be like that regardless, though. Yeah, right. maybe. Exactly. I don't know. Right. But, yeah. but, yeah. And Even also, if you're gone for a couple of days, you'd, you'd be like, you know, kids, you're kids. You're young kids. They're gonna so make- like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Michonne had been like kind of going back and forth and she was mm-hmm. just there to kind of help them get to where they need to go because that just seems like a very Michonne thing to do. Right. Right, especially like, after she's after so, what happened. Yeah, so so but, that's like Russ. If you want to go with it that way, that's the way I can look at it. I mean, the show. I agree. The show's not making it clear, but at the same time, yeah. it's like, do I need you know a, a, a longer episode just to clarify a few of the things? Perhaps it would make it. But yeah, yeah, yeah the plus, setup is there too. Like I do agree. Like that, you need well, head, go well, there, early sure. on in the season. They kind of set it up that they're barely hanging out. I mean, the way that it's yeah, it's it's set. Like if anything changes from the from the regular status quo, they're not equipped to handle it with the machinery that they have. Yeah, that's, I, I that's the, the understanding feeling. I've had from the start as far as right. them addressing things like the highwaymen trying to rob them and stuff like that. It's like, we need everything. And this, and the fair, that's a part of why the fair needed to happen. And it needed right. to work so they could, you know, not only build, bring the communities together, but also kind of make everyone right. aware. It's like, we need to trade and we need to do mm-hmm. things so we can better move forward instead of just kind of surviving. So it's like I I don't I don't disagree that yes it kind of when you're getting just voiceover from Ezekiel to say hey our entire community's falling apart and we're banning it it yeah. that's a that's a lot to take in in the first like ten minutes of a show but yeah. I I don't deny that yeah the show has tried to I would say it tried to do it tried to do some setup beforehand better than maybe other setups to pre- other episodes that are trying to do a lot within like a couple one, minutes. One question yeah. I have though is are did they ever set up a thing that, to actually train other people to be able to to do uh, uh, to handle the machinery? That was Henry's class, but he's been absent for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like he's the only one I've ever, I've seen. Like you would think, if if you have so few doing it, that they would make it a a, a real an important thing that to train other people to. <laughs> you don't you don't let fourteen year olds handle all of your maintenance duties. <laughs> That's not that's not a New York thing. Well, as many <laughs> right, it's as many people as in the, in, in the uh, communities. You you just think that they would feel that that's important, just like doctors. I mean, that those were you know training other people besides just the one it's should just, also be an important thing as well. It's just, it's just how it is. Michonne knows lawyer stuff. Uh, Henry knows how to do like plumbing. Daryl hunts, and everybody else builds bridges. That's like the only things they know how to do. At this that point. is just the weird thing about it. It's like anybody that has any kind of Eugene skill radios, in you know? terms of building. Well, not to mention, uh, uh, crazy lady in the van brought them like the book of secrets that has like all these ways to you know restart civilization. 
There's Doesn't nothing in there about plumbing. The van. She's educated right. person with a means of solving right. problems. Exactly. I was about as to say, what's crazy lady? As opposed to, well, let's, let's bicker over nonsense people that she's coming to try to help. <laughs> Who are the crazy people? I'm, I'm not attacking her. I'm just saying is they've been given like answers for a lot of this stuff, and nobody in six and a half years learned how to plumb. <laughs> I mean, it's just on. a weird. That's my only only real yeah. i mean other things i mean it's just you just have to give in or not either, either it's believable to you or not but that's a, one of the things that just throws me off sometimes where it's like I, I think it's less about maintenance and more about just the the blizzard's too much like it's doing too like they already have well, probably well on top of to the blizzard them. i mean even before the blizzard in the back of my mind i always think to myself when we see an episode where it's like why aren't there more people Doing, well, now, learning some of these things besides mm. just the one or the two, you know, like just, they got cozy. I mean, that's the only way you can think of it. They got too cozy. They got too cozy thinking like everything's just fine and we have the people that do the thing and we don't need to do anything else about it. Like, I mean, Carol, so, Carol calls it a fantasy all the time. This, so is, the, this is the episode where the fantasy finally ends. Right. So, so the zombie apocalypse in this show took place in 2010, right? Yeah. Yes. So there was approximately 7 billion humans on the planet at that time and it's a good rough estimate to say maybe around four billion became walkers at some point we're so really gonna got, go down this road where's yeah. this going you, where, yeah, where are you going man stay good. with me counselor stay with me oh we only got a couple so, hours Come on. <laughs> so, it's unorthodox but i'll allow it <laughs> <laughs> i'm still worried but go ahead so you've got four billion rotting corpses going around the planet uh-huh. Putting all of that greenhouse gas into the atmosphere, global warming happens. Are they really shocked that there was this big of a blizzard? I mean, it makes sense. That's how they got snowpocalypse. Feels a little bit off topic, but yes, okay. Uh, sure. Why? Sure. Yeah, just going back to the whole point of, you know, what's going on. I can't on. refute it. No, can't refute it. So that's what I'm saying is that's why you got to bury your dead and don't let them walk around. Okay. All right, back on the road. So yeah, the kingdom's best. The kingdom's true. They're all leaving the kingdom. All righty. Yeah, Russ Russ abandoned us. um, He walked away. I'm I'm still trying to connect the dots with that last. uh, Uh, He did a carol. He said, "I gotta go." I'm out. Um, I love you guys, but I gotta go. Yeah, so they they all decide they pack it up. They decide they all need to leave, and in a big old caravan, they have a very dramatic. Uh, exit to the kingdom first for whatever reason i was like fixated with how they built the walls you know the yeah. fact that they were using like uh crushed cans you know piled up as you know aluminum and um it looked like uh you know condensed paper you know mm-hmm. um it, it was it mo- again more to just keep out the dead uh, than, than anything else i, I don't know I just, where, where the kingdom is it was a recycling town I think like a season or two ago, there was some mention of that or something, something about recycling anyway. And then that's also why you have that landfill nearby where the crazy artist people were. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. It was just a cool aesthetic. I I just, Mm -hmm. I just thought it was Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, But they all decided to leave. They, they even mentioned the letter that they sent to Maggie uh, and that they haven't had any kind of response. So I thought that was interesting that that came up. She read it on the recent uh, whiskey. <laughs> I got yeah. a coded message here, Scott Foley. Look at this. Uh, we're abandoning kingdom. Send help. Send help. Jerry needs new bulb. 
<laughs> She's <laughs> like, who's Jerry? <laughs> On the new Whiskey Cavalier. And then a bullet goes by her and she has to get back to fighting. So it just went that way. That's one of the true tragedies of the kingdom falling is now where are they going to watch a movie? They took it with them. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Um, so it, it's obvious that they're trying to play up the fact that Lydia is kind of persona non grata. Um, Eldon, you know, given what happened to Enid, he's obviously pretty salty and mm-hmm. gives her a hard time. And and Daryl comes up and defends her. And, and yeah, um, because because Alden's the guy that we really want to. Because let me <laughs> hold on, let me check my notes. Oh yeah, he was a savior. Right. Yes. Exactly. That was my favorite part of your dead bits in your article this Uh, week. I love that. (laughs) All I'm saying, too, is in the Walking Dead universe, children under the age of 18 need to be chained to the wagon whenever they're traveling in caravans. They just wander off constantly. Get there. That's it where you drives me insane. When we were coming up, we got to just sit in the car. We could. We didn't care about us in seatbelts. That's how it was. Exactly. It's you fine. hit the metal dashboard. It's no big deal. It's only bone. A little bit yeah, of brain. Bucket seats. Yeah, yeah. yeah or they seat. didn't have bucket seats back then. It was bench seats. Well, yeah, you just slid across. You just <laughs> hit the bucket. Hit the bench seat and bounce right yeah. back. Yeah. Yep. Um. Fine. But Daryl tells Lydia that the Henry would have wanted her here. Um, oh no, he tells Carol. Like uh, yeah. Daryl has a conversation with Carol and says, "You know, Henry." Because they, again, there's all these mixed emotions with all these people. They, mm-hmm. you know, they they lost Henry. They've lost these other people, and ultimately, it's because it's because of them taking in Lydia, and uh, and and Daryl tells her like Henry would have wanted her here. Like he he went out of his way to make sure that that. Um, she had a place to be, but it's such a human thing to post blame, right? To, oh, yeah, to grab course. easily, yeah. so that 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 makes I mean, so much. She's sense. a walking symbol of what's the problem. Exactly, <laughs> yes. it's like it, instead yeah. of thinking it through and and all of that, it just it's just easier to be like she's just the, the reason why everything's gone bad. Yeah. <clears throat> so back at Alexandria, uh, they start the power is having issues. The solar panels aren't performing. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're constantly being covered in snow and they're not efficient. And, and Henry and they overpassed. Yeah, well, batteries yeah. in the cold don't. And ever know. since Henry left, there ain't been no sunshine since he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many Bill Withers records they play, yeah. it just isn't happening. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. Nope. I know I heard in the background. No no sunshine. And they shut up. Turn it off. But they even say, you know, Gabriel says, hey, we've got to get Negan. We can't leave him down in that cell. He'll freeze to death. Do you want to and get knee? I don't to want which to. I rep- to which I replied, do we? And? <laughs> and? <laughs> I think they said that, too. Is there a point you're making here? Or? Exactly. Your point is... I actually enjoyed Negan this episode. I, I did, too. But as far as the bringing him up, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that a good idea? Back with the crew, um, Daryl takes out a couple walkers. Uh, with his crossbow. Being and, all Daryl. Yeah. And him and Ezekiel go check it out. I'm assuming at this point they're trying to make sure that they weren't whisperers. 
Uh, yeah, that's a cool mm-hmm. scene though, because it's like it's really careful how he tries yes. to take out. Like he's these, they're not sure. Yes. I'm sitting there thinking, the whispers aren't just standing there still, like in snow, like this. But regardless, sure, be, be you have conscious. to be that way, right? or they could yeah. be, you know, hiding. You know, I, I, it made sense again. <laughs> they, could it kind the of, they could be hiding right behind one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it again, it kind of goes back to what we talked about in the last few episodes. Is it the stakes are raised? Normally, they would have probably if those if those walkers weren't attacking them directly or moving towards them, they probably would have just left them be, right? Like it's yeah, like, that was bother? last yeah. Um, so but now that the whispers are in on the scene, it's you can't take that chance. It's like maybe they're maybe they're walkers, maybe they're not. Maybe there's you know he, you know these whispers that are that are near. You know, it's everything's got to be kind of taken with a grain of salt. Right on top of the snow, I like that too. Like on top of yes. the, it's snowing like it is, and, and the visibility, you yeah. really have to worry about that as well. That reminds me too. I gotta look. Dude, is there a definitive map of the of our communities that online anywhere? I just thought about that because I could have sure sworn, did it. but I could have sure. sworn that the kingdom was south of Hilltop. And the uh, sanctuary, I thought, was north of the hilltop. So it just made no sense how they ended up staying there for a bit. Um, if they were coming from the kingdom. I have no idea. So I don't, I don't know. know. I'm, I'm lost. Well, you go out there and find Listen, out. I'll find show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet water. <laughs> but uh, Daryl and... Ezekiel kind of have this conversation, which is odd because just the last episode, Ezekiel makes a point of telling Daryl that after all this is done, he has a place that he could stay. Right. So now he's telling Daryl, "It's like, hey, when we get to Hilltop, maybe you want to leave." <laughs> um, I didn't appreciate this conversation at all. Like, I mean, I get kind of where his character is coming from, this point of kind of from jealousy or whatnot, but. That just doesn't seem like Ezekiel's character. Well, it's even oh, more, so. more to do with Lydia, No, no, no. It's so in Ezekiel's character, yeah. especially, cause, especially yeah. in the way he approaches it. I mean, for yeah. one thing, yeah, it, it's, as yeah. we established, it's been a little while since this. And mm-hmm. he and Carol are dead inside. Like, they have mm-hmm. just suffered a loss of mm-hmm. the child, Carol, especially right. another child. And Ezekiel is like, I, the only thing I can do is either blame Carol and myself or look at somebody and put it on them because I can't deal with this. Right. I've lost my kingdom. I've lost my child. And here's this guy who seems to be connecting with Carol more than I can because all yep. I'm doing right now is standing aside from her, He's losing barely, Carol, yeah. barely speaking to her. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing this guy that's coaching up to her. Yeah, I'm gonna blame. I'm gonna say I don't want you here because I need to get back with my wife, my queen. Mm-hmm. I like. I I completely mm-hmm. buy. It. It's it's sad to watch. And he's and even Ezekiel, you can see how reserved he is in trying to talk to Daryl about this because yeah. it's Daryl. But it's like, yeah. <laughs> he's just it, like, I don't want to be rude, but maybe we could do our thing because we're on the rocks here, and you're not helping things right now. And it's I don't know. And Ezekiel just, knows where where Daryl goes, Lydia goes, right? Right. And also so, on top of that, when a parent, when 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 a couple loses a child, like sometimes it can go the route of. When one sees the other, all they think about is the tragedy of the kid, and they can talk to other people who have not. Like, they can have normal human conversations with other people at times, even laugh, you know, at times. But when they see the person that they're so close to, they're supposed to be so close to, who shared that loss, sometimes it becomes a resentful thing, and they don't want to be around them anymore. It drives away people. Let me ask you this. In the history of relationships... 
when has it ever turned out with a positive ending when a dude tells his girl to dump her male friends or tries to separate them? It doesn't work out. It's not a smart move on his part. I mean, it doesn't matter, ultimately, because they're over by the end of this episode. No, No, but I'm just saying is, you know, just put another nail in the coffin with that. You know, that's... Well, that's the thing about... He's at his his last resort. Right, that's the thing with human nature, though. When you feel like you're drowning and you're losing the only person that you... You know, that the person that you're closest to, that you love, you will do some things that are not (laughs) in your best light, which, which a lot of times... Uh, adds to you uh, breaking up the relationship yourself. No, I, I. It's not like I, we don't disagree as far as yeah, that's not a good move as far as if you just to put just to boil it down to like with the surface, sure, that's not yeah. a good look. But as right. far as why it's no. happening, it makes complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you you won me over there. I'm just I'm just saying it felt like a dick move. Yeah, because you like all these people. Yeah. We all like these people. We like Azizi, we like Carol, we like Daryl. Like we yeah. don't want them to be mad at each other. Right. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want our friends There's to be no fighting. bad guy here. That's the thing that I yeah. love, I think was so interesting yes. about it. It's just nobody that you could point to and wrong. The there is a bad guy, but I mean Alpha <laughs> well, the- killed Henry. Well, that's I, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, in terms of what the episode's challenging. Was. Exactly. So at this point, Lydia wanders off, and again, this this makes sense. Um, uh-huh. She's feeling more and more that people aren't going to accept her. That she's the reason for all this happening. She has tremendous guilt over over Henry's death um, herself. So she wanders off. Mm-hmm. She comes across like a little pond or something, and there's a really cool effect where there's like the walker that's half froze, like he the, the the lake froze over, and so it it froze like his bottom half, and so the top half is just sticking above the ice. Mm-hmm. And Lydia pulls up her arm, um, and uh, uh, and and contemplates the walker biting, letting the walker bite her, and just yeah. being done with it. And Carol walks up. Now, did you notice? The marks on her arm? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And it meant more when we got back, because they yeah. showed those marks a week or two ago, too, but yeah, it meant it more when we get to the end of yeah. this episode. Mm-hmm. But also, I found one thing interesting about this scene that I found was interesting wasn't until I watched Talking Dead. Angela Kang said that this was an homage to how Car- what happens with Carol in the books. It's yeah. an homage yeah. to that, yeah. and I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, I get that, but that's an, you know, if you hadn't watched and heard that, I would have never made that connection. <laughs> hmm. yeah, but I can, I can see where that's coming yeah. from. Yeah. From a yeah. from a visual standpoint, I made a joke on the Facebook page and on Twitter about the end of The Shining of Jack Torrance's character, and it's like mm-hmm. this is what that made me think of because it's like this half right. zombie sitting up there and it looks kind of like Jack Nicholson. It does. <laughs> it totally does. Does. I think the thing that really struck me the most in this episode in the periphery or whatever is how much fun Nicotero has with the idea of frozen zombies. Oh, yeah. Sure. Like yes. this oh, scene yeah. here, we see later, it's like it's like he's been keeping all these ideas for all these seasons. Mm-hmm. And then finally, they're like, we're going to have a blizzard? Wait, let me get my notebook. Oh, yeah, he, he didn't waste the chance to use this because no. we're, we're probably not going to double down on this very often right, because no. they have to film in Georgia and it probably sucks to wear heavy parkas in the midst yes. of fake snow all over the place. But, uh, yeah. but no, yeah. But, uh, I, 
I was I, glad to see it because I've waited and waited because that's one of my favorite things early on in the books is when they went through that first winter and just a lot of the challenges that yeah. they had to face through that. So it was kind of cool to finally see it on here. Yeah, it's easy to draw. That's right. <laughs> you have to yeah. realize mm-hmm. it. Uh, while, again, while filming in Georgia, it's like, yeah, that's probably going to be a little bit of a challenge. But, it, yeah, it, it works well. In regards to this scene, in addition to Shining Zombie, um, I it does – and we get another one later with Lydia. We should be highlighting how good the, the what Cassidy McClincy is like in this show. Like I, I think yeah. that she's doing a great job with this character who mm-hmm. could easily be like the worst in the same way that we made fun of Henry. Right. I agree. I mean, yeah, Henry Eden or yeah. Carl. <laughs> I mean, I think Eden's a little bit more. Con- he just says doesn't have much to do. He's more consistent than Carl was. But I, I think yeah, there's a there's a way where you could just look at this person and be like, why is she still here? In the way that we basically said Henry, and then he died, um, which is yeah. funny. But it's like, wow, we made fun of this kid, and then he's like the one sacrifice that you get. Uh, but I think she made some of these storylines more tolerable, especially since the last half of the season's really focused on you know her subplot among the others. Right. So it's like yeah. if if she's gonna keep being on this show, which it seems that way for various reasons. Uh, regardless of how the comics um, are with uh, as far as her relationships go. Um, I, I mean, if you're going to get like a kind of a teenage avatar for that perspective in this group, she's doing the good job. Like she's there, like it works and she yeah. has a backstory to go with it. So, no, I, I do like how she plays it. I mean, being a, a survivor, we, we kind of, sadly, we know, uh, it, it, for survivors, it's a lot of times they do turn suicidal when they don't survivor get help. Guilt. Yeah. It, it yeah. is, it is more, so visible and she plays so much on her in her eyes she very much does it very well also in her body language it's like she's almost trying to and i've heard uh victims kind of say it where they're almost trying to like go into themselves because they feel so raw by what you know when people see them they see whatever it is that happened and when she's at that, you know, she's sitting there and they're all eating and they left her at that table alone. Um, she totally, you, you feel it. You feel how she just wants to disappear. And she can't. Mm-hmm. And her only little bit of lifeline is Daryl. When he brings her that food, you can, like, she, her body changes when he brings her the food. It's the only kindness she's probably gotten in probably months. It's just him. So you you yeah. feel instead of me being angry at her for for it happening, I felt so sad for her. So I she she's really doing a good job. I, I really do. I hope to see more of her and how she comes out of it next season. Yeah. Agreed. I still feel we were robbed of some interesting scenes if her and Carl could have been on screen at least for one season together. Well, yeah. did, did you see the sparks flying between her and Alden? I mean, surely that's going to take So the group gets back together and uh, they're talking about how they can't, they can't stay where they, where they are. They, they talk about going through the night, um, but it's, it, it's just getting too bad. And so, um, Michonne says she knows of a place they can go, and of course they show up at the sanctuary, or what's left of it, which uh, is not much at this point. No, which we already know because Negan's 
been there previously. And let's be honest, it's not like last season where we're looking at the sanctuary thinking, wow, this industrial dirty warehouse looks like a great <laughs> yes. place to live. <laughs> it's going to be great. Although they really got their uh, stoves in the iron in this one. I mean, it just looks great all the time. Yeah. Um, so then we come back to Alexandria and um, the, all of the, the group is in is in one place and they're trying to get some heat going. Um, and I love this is a great Negan scene because it's it's Negan able being able to be Negan, but not not. <laughs> over the top and it, and it all kind of makes sense. So he's, right. he's tied up and Judith even gets him on the whole language thing. Um, cause he starts swearing. Um, I love it. He, he talks about the love quadrangle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, so good. Father, Negan. not the father. Yeah. yeah. Fa- father, not the father. That's yeah. Negan is social media trying to be funny. Yes. 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 It's like, Christmas, it's like Christmas for him though. Oh, it is. This, oh, yeah. This is meaty. This is probably the the, the most entertaining thing he's he's uh, had to see and do since he got back. And he's even stirring up trouble. Like he makes a whole yeah. point of like, "Hey, when she goes for her follow up visits, what do you think's really <laughs> going on there?" Like, I like Gabriel's retort though. Try to be a little less predictable. It's like, yes, we know you're a dick. Yes. Like, what are you Dude. what are you accomplishing here? Yeah. yeah, which makes me wonder what is he accomplishing here? If he's trying to like get out of prison, this isn't going to help him. <laughs> I think I just, at this point he probably figures that ship has sailed. Yeah, sure. I don't think he knows what else to do but that. Like, I think yeah. that's just him. It's just, it's just his. No, first fair, time. yeah. And he's, yeah. He's, he's 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 very he's doing very Jeffrey Dean Morgan things in this episode. Yes, yes, very much so. And this is uh, how good an actor the guy that plays uh, Father Gabriel is. Is every time Negan referred to him as Gabe, and you could see his reaction, it just it looked like nails on a chalkboard were going on behind him or something every time he'd go well Gabe <laughs> so, yeah great Negan but he smells something funky and everybody of course you know immediately when Negan says something it's just oh you know it's it's obviously nonsense and but, then but Rosita has pregnant spider senses so she smells it too yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then of course they go towards the fireplace and uh, Eugene tells him to, you know, no, get away from there. Pulls him back, and of course, the whole thing kind of blow, blow, it, it blows blown up. up. It's I mean, at first, I thought he was going to pull a pull my finger kind of thing, and then when she's like, "Oh no, there is something," and then I still did. It went by so quick. What was Eugene's explanation as to why it did that? The 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 flu is clogged. Yeah, they yeah they it can't get out. They never it's not cleaned out. They didn't clean. They didn't keep the. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was one of Henry's pastimes too. Oh, okay. When he was when he was really young and they still had TV, they used to watch Mary Poppins, and he was a big fan of Dick Van Dyke's character, of course. But like after you know the you know things got worse, he just didn't have time to be the beloved chimney sweep he wanted to be anymore, and so he decided to give up that to do the plumbing instead. Step in time. Step in time. Stop it. Um, I can keep that bit going if you want. Chimney <laughs> sweep dreams. I think, I think we're good. Okay. Don't you do it? Um, so they just they they decide. Okay, well, everybody, we've got to go to Aaron's place because this place is toast. Like that, we can't we can't obviously get out there and, cl- and clean this uh, clear. There's out. always a party going on at Aaron's place. Oh yeah, he has yeah. he has the oh. gay man's bachelor pad. Of, like that's just like you can't wait. <laughs> got the greatest music and all that. It's great. Jacuzzi. Um, so they all decide to tie. I liked how they. It's like we're going to tie each other together, like in one big line 
a rope line so that we don't get lost because at this point the blizzard is in full effect. I mean, it is it is a whiteout uh, out there. Um, like that comic, Whiteout. Oh, yes. I remember that. It was made into a bad movie. It sure was. Even with Kate Beckinsale, I, d- I didn't watch that. It's just short. It was so short, too. Yeah, it's like 80 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> That's so how quick. bad it was. We've got to cut this out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. What am I doing? Get on the road. All right. So then we cut back to Daryl and Carol having a conversation. And Carol asks Daryl, like, hey, did uh, did something happen between you and Ezekiel? And he says, no, nah, you know, you know Daryl. He's going to play it off and not want to cause trouble, make waves. Right. Um, and he... And she says, like, look, he he blames – basically, he blames you because he can't blame me. Yep. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it, he can't – I mean, blaming himself doesn't do any good. So he's got to focus – kind of what we talked about before. He's got to focus mm-hmm. his aggression, his anger on somebody, and unfortunately, it just happens to be Daryl. Um, and she t- tells him that she's she feels like she's going back to where she was. And I'm assuming he me- she means – when she was living outside the kingdom on her own and kind of went away from everyone mm-hmm. and that, that she's, she's losing it. Like she's, she's losing herself. She's, you know, that this blow with Henry was, you know, like a bridge too far. It was, it was the last straw. It's her comfort zone. I, you know, some people have that comfort zone when something happens, it's, you know, it's, it takes more work for them to be a part of something. And, and when that, when something hits them hard, it, they refer back to the, to the times where it's easier to just worry about yourself. Well, in her life, she's always leaned on somebody else and everything else up until the point where Rick kicked her out of the group for a while and she Mm -hmm. had to learn to be on her own. And I think that she learned that that was the best way to (laughs) recover from whatever emotional trauma she's been. It's easier that way, right? For some, it's easier. When she was kicked out of the group for killing the beloved, you know, Johnny and terry you know to burn those guys yeah and we love those guys they were um the best yeah i see them at at comic cons all the time little little johnny and little terry oh and and tyrese's uh, tyrese's great love yes whose names i'm totally remembering very clearly (laughs) (laughs) too clearly (laughs) too clearly some would say um so Daryl even says, like, hey, look, I could take her and go, and, and just we could just basically go go on our own way, lone wolf and cub style. And Carol asks him if that's what he wants. You know, he says, but he doesn't want to. Like, Carol asks him, is that what you want? And he's like, no, not really, but I'll do it. Um, which, again, I thought – again, we talked about it before, but these episodes really accentuate to me – that now that Rick is gone, I'm really glad that they're allowing Daryl to, to – they're giving him something to do. He's having – he's more involved and you know has more to do than just two-word sentences. Um, and if, if that's the price we have to – I mean if, if, if the way we got that was, was that Andrew Lincoln had to leave the show, then I think that's a good trade-off because I think it's allowing these other characters to really – step up and have more to do like Carol, like Daryl, like Michonne. Mm-hmm. Um, it also helps that the growth that these characters have had, it feels more organic where Rick is, 
you know, I like Andrew Lincoln. I like I like what he was doing here. He's a good actor. But like the character of Rick is so like kind of malleable. They have to like yeah. make it work to what's required for the plot where now he's gone. So you don't have to have like Rick's really crazy this week or Rick's re- now it's just like, yeah, this is what Daryl would do in this scenario. This is what Carol would do. In this. It, like, it feels like these are choices that given the nine years we've had with these characters, it makes sense for them to make. Yeah. So they have to they make the decision at this point that the only way, they have to leave the sanctuary. There's there's nothing there. They don't have enough food. They've only got enough food for a couple days. Uh, they're they'll starve or freeze to death. Um, although they have that kick ass furnace, so I, I wouldn't think that they they'd freeze to death. But um, they they decide that the only way to to go is to go across uh, into into Alpha's territory. And I love they have that that conversation where the king doesn't really want to do it and he's like hey we can't take wagons and horses and uh they they say well we'll just have to go on foot and i love that carol says she made those those boundaries that we didn't make them like it's just like okay she she put that exactly you didn't agree to that mm-hmm. i'm it still waiting like for the... her to go all crazy because you know she she's got it out for alpha well, yeah, wow. we got there's so many grudge matches that are set up for next season, yeah, with, with, along right. with along with uh, the Mountain versus Beta versus Daryl season two. Yes. So, I mean, it's happening. It's happening. I like this is the worst version of the Oregon Trail, by the way. No wagons, <laughs> no horses, yeah. no dysentery though. No dysentery. That's good. Yeah, but Alden's just got the, a broken leg. <laughs> just the dead walking the earth. No big deal. Uh, so at this point, Michonne and Ezekiel have a conversation, and he t- tells her like, "Hey, I, I, I should have left sooner. Like I knew things were going downhill. We should have gone gone sooner." And you know, Michonne kind of fesses up to her wrongs as well, and said, "Like, look, this all happened because we let somebody that wasn't a, a part of our group come in." And we, because we don't know each other anymore. Like we, you know, somebody from Hilltop can come into kingdom and vice versa. And no, and as long as they said, that's where they're from, everybody's like, Oh, okay, great. Um, and, and, you know, Michonne even says like, I thought keeping us insulated and keeping us separated was keeping us stronger. And she, she says, look, it wasn't, it it wasn't the, the, the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and they talk about the, you know, the treaty and, uh, they just have this real, real good conversation. Uh, between the two of them and just kind of have kind of come into realizations of they need to get back to essentially they need to get back to the way things were um, or, the, or the way things were moving towards before it all went to hell. It's a weird like thesis of the season. It seems like actually as far as like yeah. there's a lot of things that kind of remind you of how the walking dead used to be sure. before it got kind of sidetracked with, you know, big bads. Uh, and so now it's like, guys, you know, we're sorting all this out. Things have changed. Some ca- characters have moved on. We got to get back to how it was. You know, we got to be together. We got to do everything we can to preserve what we had at one time. And uh, yeah, no, I'm all, I'm all for that. I can understand the frustration uh, some audiences might have with this episode because yes, it's slower and it's character focused. But it is like you guys said, like, it, it is an epilogue to the season essentially. Like yeah. last week was the the big cl- the big action climax if you want to call it that and this season's more introspective and yeah it's a season finale so i can understand it's not 
like big and bold as far as my major events going on. But I feel like the winter setting is providing that spectacle for me. Like that's given me what I want and as far as something big and outrageous for this series to contend with, while also delivering on good character work, which is and what's to happened. not have a season end with a who shot Jr. kind of thing hanging over the show for three or four months while we're waiting, you know? Yeah, it doesn't that gets like old a, after a while. It doesn't give you a big forced mystery. It gives you, like, it gives you some setups for things to come next. Right. Like, what's going on with the Whispers? Right. And how's, where's everyone living? And what's going on with that radio? But it's not like something where you're like, you yeah. can't miss the f- season premiere that's going to solve the egg, the breaking question you've had all summer. Right. Yeah, it's it, it, not everything has to be Best of Wolf Worlds Part 1. No. Right? Um but but I, I you know we talk about Game of Thrones and that's and a Star made... Trek reference. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. For the uh, for the record, we've got Bill Withers, Star Trek, Lone Wolf and Cub. We're we're, we're knocking these references out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked about Game of Thrones, and it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Game of Th- you know the ninth episode of Game of Thrones is always the 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 one. I mean, it started they, out they do a good job sure. of sprinkling yes. in between. Yeah. But the ninth episode is usually where the climactic battle happens, the big event happens, mm-hmm. whatever's crazy going on is usually episode nine. And then episode ten is the fallout and like setting everybody on their path for what's going to be the next season. And so and to me obviously nobody complains when Game of Thrones does it because it's it's probably one of the most talked about, highly anticipated, uh, well regarded shows on television. But I, them doing it here to me was like I was fine with that. Again, I've I've mentioned on the show before. I don't. I agree with the whole. You don't have to make every half season finale, season finale into some major event where some critical right. person or some crucial thing, somebody has to die, some major event happens, some crazy cliffhanger ha- happens. I mean, it's just another episode of the show. And yep. it's, and it's um, nice that they yeah. changed it up finally after having to deal with that kind of. You know, expectation for so long. You know, it was nice to have. Well, they like, didn't get a payoff for it when they did. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, well, we, I mean, we found out why Rick was sitting under that very important stained glass window. So <laughs> yes, well, there was that, of course. But no, I agree. I agree with Aaron. You know, it's nice to end the season on a more character-driven uh, episode than we've seen. Uh, you know, usually, you know, like like Russ was saying, it's usually a great bombast. You know, uh, at, the, at the season end or the the season uh, break or whatever. And it, it was nice for a change not to have to, for them not to do that, kind of break their own cliche, if you will. I'll say this right yeah. now. History will show this is one of the better episodes of the season when you think back and think, oh, yeah, that was that winter episode. That was awesome. That, that, yeah, <laughs> I see right. it happening in the future. Yeah, I think it'll age well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then we get the, in, into a pretty cool sequence where we find uh, that there's walkers that are like just like frozen stiff. They're just... Uh, Michonne comes up and you know, they get their head sliced off. Uh, they start their their walk across the water, um, and you know Daryl Michonne check the ice, make sure it's it's good and solid. Um, and of course, at this point, um, Lydia run, <laughs> runs off again. This um, this ice sequence. Like the walkers start appearing, right? We're getting to that. Is that where we're getting? Yeah, yeah. The ne- yeah. The next, the next step, the next thing that happens is we start. They they come out of the snow. They're like, yeah. you know, almost like they're they're laying down in the snow. And as as of course the noise and everything starts coming up, they they start coming out of the snow. We're making it, snow angels. Wee. Yeah. <laughs> the walkers are never really a huge threat in this episode. I mean, Not I think really. the bigger. Th- there's two threats that are bigger. It's the weather itself, mm-hmm. um, the threat of something more. It's almost like the walkers themselves are not 
because because of the the cold and the snow and the ice and and everything else they're not exactly moving very swiftly and deftly at at this point but it's the fact that like what else is out there are the whisperers out there mm-hmm. is somebody you know laying in wait do they are they watching us and they know that we're we're going into their territory and they're going to they're going to ambush us it's it's the threat of something happening more so than than what actually is happening and and, and, and like, how random it is like what i like about yes. it, i mean it's a very thematic <laughs> take on how I, what snow walkers accomplish because they just pop up out of the snow out of nowhere right. which is yeah. again that's getting back to what the core of the show used to be as far as death can strike at any moment and sometimes it's like human based and other times just a zombie comes mm-hmm. and kills you like which is something that plagued the characters very early on as far as like hey we're trying to make her way here oh no there's a horde or whatever like it's yeah. it's a nice like emblem of that also, the seat. Remember, this season opened when they went to what DC and they had to cross over the glass at one point. Right. This is a lot like that in the finale. I like that structural sim- symmetry as far as we have to be walking sure. carefully over something glassy again. Like that's that was fun. I was like, I I get what you're doing here. I acknowledge yeah. this. It's, that's a, that's a fun little tricky pull. And plus, without it, we this is not so much. I guess without Rick being there, it's not. We're not the superhuman kill squad that we could just take care of everything. You know, by by fighting back. Well, not only that, I mean, not only that, I mean, when it was just, like Aaron was saying, when it was just zombies, that was a whole, mm-hmm. now now they got the whispers contend with, that's a whole different level of paranoia. I mean, and they are hurt. Like, that, yeah, that's and they're the hurt, thing. you're right. Like, they can't, correct. Yeah. They can't just right. jump in. Like, Daryl can't just run out into the wilderness and be Wolverine. Like, he has to, he has to treat this differently. Right. It was nice, too, because I, I actually could feel the anxiety and and the fear as they were walking and they'd see a walker and you could just tell like their look on Daryl's face on one shot was, mm-hmm. um, you know, is that a walker? Is that a person? What is that? You know, right. and, and just the fact whether or not it is a whisper, the fact that it makes them hesitate could be a matter of life or death in the future, you know, mm-hmm. that hesitation. So, um, it's very effective what the whispers are doing, just psychologically, let alone the physicality of it. So. Yep. So Carol comes across Lydia once again, and this time Lydia is she. She just wants to she to die. She knows she's not wanted. Um, she tells Car- Carol that she knows she that they'll never accept her. They'll never take. They'll never let allow her to be one of her. And the only way out of it is is for Carol to kill her. She's like, I'm, I'm too weak. I can't, I can't do it myself. And she's like, I'm sorry. It has to be you, but, but it has to be you. And she even grabs her spear and puts it to her, to her neck uh, and tells Carol to do it. And Mm -hmm. she's crying and, and Carol just has that, that look on her face. And then of course a a walker comes up and Carol kills the walker and basically tells her to get her stuff together and let's go. Like, I'm not that's not how you kill kids you make them look at the you have to wait for <laughs> yes, the flowers, look at the flowers. <sighs> then you kill them not yeah. with a spear while they're looking at you I mean Carol knows uh, yeah. the, the, the whispers are all about um, looking at very sharp metal objects as a way of relaxation so you know yeah. for her it makes <laughs> sense right. So like we Sarah, all got the yeah. sense that she wasn't going to do it, right? We all thought that well of course not, it's still another two, three months till spring and that's <laughs> when she'll get the flowers I, I would say yes. I mean, as a viewer, I'm like, she's talking about to kill this kid right here. But in terms of, like, Elizabeth McBride, like, you know, acting the hell out of the scene as far as putting it in her face, like, I can see that there. Like, I can see right. what she's right, trying. Right. Yeah. No, but I mean, in the scene, it just felt like she wasn't going, to, like, there was a moment where she just, 
didn't do it. Like she pulled, it felt like she pulled back on that part of her that would easily have wanted to just do it and walk away and not even oh, think sure. twice about it. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, we get to see a cool, uh, death scene. Uh, Daryl grabs an icicle and, uh, stabs the walker in the eye with it, which I thought was awesome. The Die Hard 2 scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the second we we're in like snow and like specifically where like we gotta cross the ice up, but I'm like, there's gotta be a scene where like an icicle's involved because that's just like that's what Daryl needs to do right now. He needs to stab I thought at first I thought at first he was gonna Knock push the thing up right? and yeah. stab it in the back of the head mm-hmm. with the ice. Cliffhanger style. But instead they went for Die Hard too. You see, like they had they had options. That's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> that is true. I like, there was a weird shot where, like, it's on top of Daryl, and he, like, reaches his arm up for the icicles. Like, Daryl, the icicle's above the walker. Like, you can't reach the icicle. Come on, man. Like, let's get it together. Yeah. It was a cool death. He stabbed he stabbed a zombie in the eye of ice. Yeah. Daryl killed a walker of ice. <laughs> That's what he did. Yes. Daryl being Daryl. <laughs> so then we cut back to Alexandria, and Negan is on the lookout for Judith. I don't think we really oh, – I, I don't – I, I think that. I mentioned it, but we kind of glossed over it. But the fact that – of course, Judith hears the dog mm-hmm. when they're all, you know, walking from from point A to to Aaron's pad, and of course, Judith has to run off. Now, it's another one of those mm-hmm. like I'm sure a lot of people are like, "I rolly, oh here comes yep. the dumb kid," but <laughs> but her Carl both her, 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 like, okay, her Carl is, both got the running off gene. <laughs> yes, well that's true. And they're I'm still kids. Yeah, it, it, so it, Carl is Shane's kid too. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're kids. They're like they're, they're like kids. they're kids, and they got to do this kind of thing. And it's a dog. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I still roll my eyes. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. No, I, I. You know what I roll my. I, you know what I roll my eyes at is that when only we, when only Negan ran after her. Yes, because early <laughs> in the season we all yeah. knew. Okay, they're going to have to try to 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 get Negan to a place where we we don't look at him with hate, right? What is the easiest way to do it? To play on a on a on an audience heartstrings is to have the person save a child. Boom, child and dog. He did both. Yes. One scene. So that's the only reason why I roll my eyes. Her running off to get the dog. That is such a kid thing. Doesn't matter how many times you tell them don't run off in the street or don't you know whatever. Something happens. They're going to do it. That's the scary part about you know, take care of a child. But. The point of them setting this up on purpose so that we feel something for Negan is the thing that made me just go, okay, here we, here's the scene. Because I knew there was going to be a Negan rescues uh, uh, her, you know, rescues her and sac- almost sacrifices himself for, for her. That's going to be the thing that's going to get him closer to the group. And I knew it, we, we all knew it was coming. So that's, oh, that's why it was such oh. a... I'll, I'll say the handling of the payoff was better than the setup in my yes. eyes. Like I do like no, I do yes. like the I, I like yes. when he does find her. I like that right. interaction. Right. I and if I want to justify the Judah thing to myself as far as how this little girl was able to run off and nobody cared, maybe all the members of Alexandria just don't like Judith just as much as I do, and they're like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> <laughs> <He's not here." laughs> like uh, Gabriel and Brzee, they didn't see it, but like no everyone one else even was like, shouted out, like, it, "Yeah, it, it was so like cavalier." Like, I guess I'm going. And Negan, <laughs> like Negan, already had a line earlier. Is like, none of you are going to untie me. He should have said like, none of you are yes. going to go rescue the girl. Exactly. <laughs> like, and, and, yes, it was yes. Like, Judith Got, uh, well, maybe she, she, she should have took care of a child. Go look at the flowers. Go away. Go away, little girl. 
Yeah, they all just, course, they Negan, all just stood there. <laughs> like, just, yeah, no yeah, one reacted. Negan, who apparently was not handcuffed or tied up, right. was like, I guess I'll just leave the line conveniently, as I could do any time, and go and get this girl that like, you don't it care was not even. I could have even went for a moment where someone, they go to run off, and, and the leader goes, don't, none of you leave this spot. You know, we're going to send somebody and Negan goes running off or something like you can't because if everybody runs off, then that's going to kind of kill the train, you know, the little train that they had going. And that's even more dangerous. I'm just sick of babysitting her these two months that Michonne has been in. Yeah, man, this little girl <laughs> yes. been running around with this gun and them. getting on my nerves with the hat and the head. Oh, man, just let it go. They're like. You see, I don't know, like like Wedge pops out and he's like, your Tauntaun will freeze out there if you go by yourself. <laughs> he's like, then I'll see you in hell, asshole. Exactly. Goes, I'm not- <laughs> I'll see you in hell. <laughs> I know it's not Wedge. I just can't find the general's name right now. <laughs> There's a star wizard out there yelling at us, but yeah, there's fine. someone the other. It's General Odante, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Is it General Riken? Maybe it's General Riken. I don't know. No, was... the general was the, no. It was it was it was it... Rogue Leader that was. Um, I, they, I don't think they ever gave him a name. The new it was version it's, that was it's, in the it's General in the Jenkins. That was an awesome video game. Leroy. Anyway, <laughs> was it John Ratzenberg's character? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in a well-received cameo, it was you, boy. <laughs> yes. So Negan finds her uh, and then chastises her and says, oh, you just wanted some extra Negan time. He even jokes about the dog. He's like, that dog better be pooping gold nuggets. Yeah. When you, when you go after that is a parent thing Negan, to say. Yeah, Negan, <laughs> Negan trips and hurts his leg, uh-huh. and she looks down at it at one point and sees it's bleeding, and she, she goes, your leg looks like shit. And he's like, language. Um, so, again, it was a nice little That's interaction. Fine. That was good. Between the that two was good. Yeah. I'll say because I, I I rolled a bit earlier, like as Daryl you were pointing out, but then like it cut to commercial and like a Godzilla trailer played. I'm like, oh okay, I'm happy now. Like, I don't care. <laughs> they knew what to do. All they, is they knew what to do. That trailer looks good, man. Oh my god! Yeah, all these monsters. Uh, so of course the kingdom folks finally make it to the hilltop. Um. I love that Daryl just walks up to that walker. Yeah. I, I, it just like he's just like mad. Yeah. Like at this point, like he's pissed off. So something. he just takes the butt of his his crossbow and just 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 smashes his head. Um, he is mad because they've taken nothing but L's, right? For this entire you know uh, season, has been mostly losses than anything else, and he can't. Yeah. The old Daryl would be able to go out there and and kill everybody that you know did something wrong. Him and Rick, they, they and Michonne go out there and do their thing, but. It doesn't yeah. work in this situation. That's just his pissed off. Like that's his Kurt Russell in the thing moment. Like, yeah, yeah screw you yeah. too. <laughs> just yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they arrive at uh, Jerry. You mean they arrive at King Top. The King Top. Yes, All Jerry. Right. Jerry King Top. King Top. <laughs> MC King Top. Get that trending. That's right. Yeah. Daryl says that he's going to take. Uh, he tells Lydia, you know, hey, get some rest. We're leaving in the morning. We're going to Alexandria. Uh, so obviously he's going to to take off, but Carol tells Ezekiel that she's going also. Like she's going to go in the morning too to Alexandria, mm-hmm. and the two of them kind of have their their moment. Um, <laughs> it's so sad. Oh, it's love you, and I'll never regret our fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Right then, I was imagining Yvette Nicole Brown just dancing around. You know, because she. Oh right, because she wanted it to be Daryl and Carol. Yep. Weird to me. 
That, pa- uh, yeah. that pairing is weird to me. I, I, yeah, that, me too. That's more, of a mod, that's more of like an older sister. You know? Yeah, yeah. I never yeah. That. To me, anyway. Yeah. At this point, especially. It's been nine years. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, I I would say the scene is effective enough as far as because I, I like them referencing this fantasy thing because remember the first time we see the kingdom which is an episode that I loved when we first introduced to the kingdom because it was a week after the let's show everyone getting murdered and Rick's sad and everything <laughs> then they're like oh, now let's show you the kingdom which is awesome but Carol's first reaction is like this is a fairy tale you guys are nonsense people I can't believe right. you're letting this happen yeah, this and now she's like joke. you know what I let myself get caught up in this thing mm-hmm. um, and it worked for a while but it didn't it's over like and it's such a sad like for to, for a show for a show like this, you know, a, a genre heavy show that traffics in melodrama, this is such a like relatable type of story that they're telling right now. As far yeah. as two two adult people that are realizing why they can't be together anymore, it's like yeah, this is well done. I think the dialogue in this scene is not as maybe not as great as earlier scenes, but I do think it it works well as far as showing you why these characters can't be together right now. And then immediately follows it up with like this super happy snowball fight. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> Everybody, snow fight. Yeah, so that was cool. They they had their little snowball fight when you know, everybody they finally get back to Alexandria and everybody's reunited and RJ's hiding in the snow and everything's great. They certainly made sure that we saw RJ, even though there's all these. I'm like, she has a kid, right? That's like been my reaction every yeah. time mm-hmm. they mention RJ. Yeah. <laughs> Do we even know what RJ stands for? Is it Roger John? I don't know. Rick I Jr. thought it Rick was Jr. Rick Jr. That makes more sense, but Roger John just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> maybe he can do. Uh, so then we have he, the, he the, the chimneys once he's old enough. Yes, uh, we have the Negan and Michonne moment that we've kind of expected mm-hmm. is coming, and she she thanks him for for finding Judith and making sure she's safe and. Um, Michonne even says, you know, you have the flair for the dramatic. <laughs> um, Negan, you're my best friend. Yeah, and then Negan says, ah, oh, you've been through enough. You know, I, I, yeah. I you know, it, and Judith is special. And mm-hmm. then they get in the back of a car and they drive off and they win Best Picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eating chicken. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I like that he called her Doctor Baby Daddy. Yes, he's talking. To- <laughs> I like that Michelle. Well, does Michelle know this yet? Doesn't she not know this yet? Like, was I don't. Like a- I don't know. No, because remember, uh, uh, like Sadiq Rosita said, or, I'll, yeah. "I'll tell you when you. I'll tell you when I see you again." Uh huh. So that's just a weird nickname she heard. It's like, why are you calling her Doctor Baby Daddy? <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I, maybe she heard by the time I, yeah, she probably. talks to Negan at this point. But yeah. I like this other version um, where she's just oblivious to why he would say yes. something like this. I like and then he calls him. It's a good, he, he calls it the Royalty Brigade. Right. The the fact that the kingdom's come to Alexandria. That's kind of a good thing, right? In a community, there's always going to be little things here and there that you didn't know about. Yeah. Many people. Negan certainly up on his current events because yeah, he knows about the kingdom being like that. That there was a yeah. there well, was a royalty is, brigade. He just sits on Twitter all day, which is uh-huh. his Twitter, just watching people and listening to them talk. Well, yeah. that yeah. And Judith reports to him quite often. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. the stuff she can get and yeah, the stuff she ended. Yeah. But I love that he 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 um, Michonne tells him is like yeah, well I went to the sanctuary and it's it's turned into a, a total shit hole. And he's like, oh, I could have told you that. Like, you didn't have to go <laughs> yeah, all the way you over just there to find that out. I told you. But then, he, you know, she says something about the, the bad guy or whatever. And, and 
and Negan, you know, says that you know it's because no one ever thinks that they're they're ev- they're the evil one. Uh, so it's just again, it was an interesting conversation. I think he's trying to message. Yeah, yeah. It's like, mm. hey, sometimes you do really horrible things, and you know, you think you're the righteous one, and sometimes you do horrible things, and you know, you, you, every, every, you know, people that do horrible things often think that they're not the ones doing horrible things, and they're not horrible pe- horrible people. But you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you are the you are the the evil one. Again, I think he's trying to set up. Obviously, set up the fact that there are reasons he did what he did, right. and maybe, maybe he's not the only one that did some things that that shouldn't have been done. It's a different, longer discussion, but we'll just let it go for now. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a sure. different time. It was a different time. Yeah. Um, then, so then we cut to. So obviously, some time has elapsed because, or so this is another point point of where I'm not super clear. Mm-hmm. So. I can't tell when we get to the scene with Beta and, and Alpha. Has a bunch of time passed? Yeah. Have they moved further away to a part where it's not like they went south? There's no, there's no, there's yeah. Basically, they went south. There's no winter storm where they are. A lot of films and TV do that where they go through a thing of it's a storm or you know it's snowstorm or whatever, and then they get to wherever they got to get to, and then the next thing you know, the sun is coming out. Like, but they don't really tell you how much time has passed yeah. anyway. Yeah, and th- there's no there's no hint of snow or wetness, you know, dampness or no. anything like that. It, it they don't even look cold. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a mix of the two as far as the t- I think time has passed. Yeah. Even, even the even the snowball fight showing you like okay, the blizzard part's over. Now it's just cold. Right. And like but yeah, I think time has passed since even the just the siege before mm-hmm. this one. And yeah, they they like Alpha says like good thing we took that Hawaiian vacation or whatever the fuck. Like so before so they, like, they, yeah, the, like, yeah. the time away has been good for the pack. Yes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's like so well, yes, they most likely went south cuz where else are you going to go? Right. <laughs> and I right. think yeah, because they reference it on the talking dead. I think Angela King was talking about they went south um Basically, to Got get out of harm's way, blah blah blah. But yeah, cue the. How about that creepy stretched face? Like the thing all those Andor, faces. Yeah, I um, like it. But before you know, he puts her mask up and who the that smells? Thing. You could just smell it. But that was, I mean, that was a creepy ass stretched face. It, yeah. it kind of, I thought of this. So, Aaron, you'll appreciate this because it's another, it's uh-huh. another um, meandering. But it reminded me like of Brazil, you know, when the uh, uh, like, yeah, Catherine Hellman, Catherine yeah. Hellman has the, face, the stretched face. Uh, and then we get the final scene. Wait, 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 wait. Beta like whip like oh yes, like sorry. I gotta stay strong and Beta's like yes. all right yeah and then he like starts whipping her arm and it's like oh boy mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and and again to get back to the Lydia thing Lydia also had what looked like lash marks on right. her on her wrists so right. I'm assuming that Alpha had Beta do that again to just cut because of her mo- moment of weakness and. Um, you know, with with everything that happened with Lydia, so like like flagellation is that what we call it? Yeah, yeah. that's I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, so then we get the final scene, and uh, it's Ezekiel back on the radio, and it turns out he's talking to Judith, and uh, of course, and then of course he cuts off the radio and he walks out, um, and after he walks out, there's a voice on the radio. Now I had a hard time figuring out what was what, um, but I was looking at. At uh, a Facebook post from Mike Jones, and he said that if you turn on the closed captioning, it reveals what the radio chatter was. And so he said, 
um, that the radio voice was, hello, hello, um, calling out live on open air, is anybody out there? Um, uh-huh. And that's it. I mean, that's what I heard and would figure it would say anyway. They're not going to be like, hey, by the way, this is a giant spoiler for the next season. Well, right now, this final five seconds. I, I think yeah, <laughs> no, I couldn't tell if it, if it was somebody saying this is so-and-so. Like, I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't make out yeah. uh, if, if they were announcing who they were. I, is, like, common wisdom or common thinking that this is Maggie, possibly? Or, well, if uh, you look no. on Reddit, yeah, that's what people think it is. But uh, I, I think I people on Reddit know. don't really know the comics, so I'll just say that. No. I, I, think there's no. a, I think there's a very clear direction they're, they're taking this that will make sense as we go further. Or if, you've, if, if you know some of where things are headed as far as the comics go. Uh, I don't think they would tease Maggie. If it was Maggie, they'd just be like, hey, guys, be Maggie. Like, I don't think they'd like want to hide that. Mm-hmm. I think they want sure. to show yeah. you that there's... And there's some other group or what have you that's trying to contact them. Right. And that's where we end it. Season nine. Cool. So before we get to our busters, our busters, does anybody want to give us a word from our sponsor? Uh, DCB service is our, is our sponsor uh, along with their uh, sister site in, uh, in stock trades. And if you want to catch up on the comics of the walking dead before the next season starts, then by all means, go to dcbservice.com. They have them in single issues that you can get if you want to get the newest stuff. They have them in trade paperbacks if you want to catch up. Hardcover editions, omnibuy editions, compendium editions. You can get all the way up to this uh, part of the book and further um, by catching up at uh, dcbservice.com. Uh, and it's not only comics that they have there. Oh, no. They have statues. They have action figures. They have clothing, collectibles, gaming supplies. All kinds of really cool stuff. Uh, all their DCB service, and you're going to be paying a fraction of what you'll pay on uh, Amazon. You'll get 20, 30, 40, uh, sometimes 50% off of stuff. They always have specials going on. They always have sales going on. Um, again, if you're into graphic novels or you know someone who is, or if you're into comic books or you know someone who is, you have a nerdy friend, or I imagine you must be nerdy yourself because you're listening to a Walking Dead podcast, <laughs> then by all means, Go to DCB service because you're going to tickle your nerd fancy, wherever that may be. Uh, all kinds of great stuff, as I said, not just comics, uh, collectible section figures, clothes, statues, gaming supplies. All at DCBService.com, all at a fraction of a big box store price. And they are a small business, so you're helping out real people, not a faceless global conglomerate like Amazon. So go right now, DCBService.com, see what they've got to offer. So, Rich, what did you think of this? What's your Buster rating for this? Can, can we do Busters of this episode and the season overall, too? Okay. Sure, why not? Okay. Well, the my Busters for this episode is, um, it, like I said at the, at the beginning, it, it was a little bit better than average episode. I think that there was just a lot of wrapping up things, setting up things, and... I, I didn't dislike it. I enjoyed it. I did love the winter setting. Um, like I said, I've waited nine seasons for that. Uh, I, I hope that they didn't waste it, and there's actually a little bit more filmed for season 10 in it, maybe, hopefully. But uh, um, I would say for this episode, it'd be three and a half busters. As far as the season, um, overall, I'd have to say four busters. Uh and that comes from pretty much the first half, I would say, was a good three and a half, and the second half was a good four and a half, so just in the middle, 
four. Daryl? Ooh, it's going to be to the whole season. I have to really think about it. But for this episode, I enjoyed it. Uh, I would I would definitely have to give it uh, four out of five because I I enjoyed the character interactions. I enjoyed seeing a new at, you know atmosphere with the snow and 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 I liked how they had to they're dealing with this enemy differently. Like to the point where they can't even deal with the enemy right now. They have to take care of other things. Um. But overall, the season, I I dug the season for the most part. There, I mean, in the beginning, there's a few things that get annoying where it's the, this is the last episode for a certain character or whatever. That stuff, it's, it's just tired and old. But uh, in terms of, especially with the second season, I do really dig what they've done with the show for the most part. So I would probably have to go with Chubb's uh, score and give it a four out of five. Uh, Aaron, uh, I would <clears throat> I would go four and a half busters for this episode. I think it's quite strong. I think it, if you if you give me an episode like last week where it goes to a, a heavy dramatic uh, level uh, and deals with like major character deaths and what have you, you need something that can follow that up effectively. And I think other shows, other episodes in the past have faltered on that as far as how much time we have to give to morning or what have you. I think this one handles it appropriately. You get, you get somewhat of a time jump. You get some strong character work between the people that really matter in this scenario. And you get a unique visual setting here. I think the, on a technical level alone, this episode's excellent in every, in every way. So combine that with some just really strong character work. And I think it's just a really great episode overall. And it's a fine season finale. So four and a half, the season, Season nine, I would give a four as well. I agree. I think it has a kind of a bell curve type shape, where like it starts off really well and establishing like the the struggles between communities, and then it kind of dips as far as for me the Rick leaving the show stuff is concerned. I think it wasn't handled all that well, but then it just rose back up in quality again once you really started figuring out the pieces after that big time jump. So you know, it's a it's a, it's a stronger season than the last two uh, for sure, and yeah, it's a solid four for a. Uh, Four Busters for uh, Season 9. Jim? I give this episode a four. I'm kind of in the same camp with Aaron. I like the character moments. I like the fact that they kind of went against the grain as far as there always have to be a bombastic cliffhanger type uh, ending at the end of a season. I thought it was uh, cool to see some like uh, new zombie work from Nicotero that he hasn't been able to do before because they haven't had this kind of you know, environment to deal with. And uh, I thought the uh, the episode overall was, was really good, so I give that a four. I'm going to break the season into two halves. I think the first half of the season I give like a 3.5 because all that stuff with the bridge kind of left me cold and, and the way they got rid of Rick and, and everyone else, not, uh, not really to my liking. But I give the second half of the season uh, a 4.5 because it has been, for me, one of the strongest um, uh, stretches of seasons uh, consistently um, uh, that we've had in quite a while. And uh, with the whole retooling, the, the time jump, the, the shakeup of the status quo, I think considering the, the major character actors they had leaving uh, the show, this is probably the best they could have possibly done. And uh, they've made the, the show spooky. Scary. They've given us a sense of danger that we've been missing for a long time. Uh, we're seeing a lot of good character moments inter- interacting uh, with the action elements, and I just think it's been really a masterful turnaround the second half of the season. So, cool. Yeah, I'm. I kind of fall in the same boat. I, I give, you know, if I weighed it out that way, th- this episode I give a four and a half. Um, 
I was I was really Im- impressed with it. I think the focus on character, the setting, uh, Nicotero's direction, all all really solid. The second half of the season has been a definite. Uh, improvement in my mind. The first half, I think, had some highs and lows. So I, I think I'll give the season overall a four. Uh, and I think it's it's heavily weighted on the fact that the second half, in in my opinion, was was so strong. So so yeah, that's where we stand. But we have a great Facebook group. At before Facebook. that, I just want to shut up before he has to take off since he has to leave early. Thanks for hanging in, even with your head cold, Aaron. I mean, you can totally tell you're congested. So thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. No, no, no apologies needed. Thanks for thanks for being a trooper. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I was happy to to be on this episode, of course. And I was happy to be able to stick it for pretty much almost, I think, almost one, right? Uh, as far as this half of the season I think goes. so, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. I, yeah I, I, you guys know I get busy, but no, I was happy to, you know, take the time to be able to do the show because I did, I do, I did want to talk about these episodes. I always like talking about these episodes with you guys, um, even Chubbs. And uh, no, I'm kidding. But I mean, I, <laughs> but no, I'm happy to be here. And yeah, I am feeling a little kind of sick and whatnot. So I got to, I got to take off. Uh, but yeah. Happy to be on. I look forward to if we get our Deadwood episodes going, as well as if we talk about the Walking Dead game. Um, I know the last cha- I gotta actually play the chapters, but I know the Walking Dead Telltale game mapped up, so I'm sure I'll get one of those episodes in before somewhere around before Fear starts up again. But yeah, we'll see. Sounds good. But yeah, go thanks guys. Uh, yeah, I will <laughs> for sure. I'll go. I'll get <laughs> go quill it. Yeah, quill. <laughs> yeah. Netflix, Netflix and quill. Netflix and quill. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'll uh, talk to you guys later. All right. So now. Um, we can get to our Facebook. Now that all the nerds uh, are gone. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you can head over to facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast. Um, we always put up a Buster thread uh, up there for leaving your Buster ratings when we're in the main show. And then the next time we put that thread up, it'll be Toby ratings for when the fear of the walking dead comes, comes back. Um, we've got a little bit of a hiatus. Um, and then also you can send an email if you would like. We did not get any emails this week, um, but you could send an email, WDTV at HHWLOD.com, especially with the break coming in. If you just, if you don't want to just leave busters, if you have questions, comments, um, things that you want to see us talk about, uh, and you don't want to leave it on the group to kind of, uh, give a heads up to, to everyone else and tip, tip the hat, uh, you can definitely email us, uh, with, with your thoughts and suggestions and, um, general comments. We'll be happy to take them into advisement and read them on the show if you so desire. Well, check it out. Not only in the Facebook group do you get that, you also get links to Aaron's uh, episode reviews of each episode at weliveentertainment.com. Uh, there's a link there to the Fear of the Walking Dead official trailer if you want to see that again or you missed it the first time. And uh, there's also a really cool trailer called The Dead Don't Die, a zombie movie that's just announced today, actually, directed by Jim Jarmusch. It's got Bill Murray, Adam Driver, uh, Iggy Pop, Tilda Swindon, all that kind of stuff. And it's coming out in June before the next show comes along. Uh, we also have it's an interesting uh, question somebody brought up in the in the uh, the podcast group. If I could just hit it real quick, because um, this always I always wondered about this too. Uh, just curious, uh, Scott Homan wrote in: What age do people let their kids watch a show? Mitchell um, Pecky said her youngest started watching the show after the second season, and he's fifteen now. Um, so you could do the math there. Um, Mike Jones said his son is nine and he wants to, but he isn't ready yet. And, uh, DeRay Irvin, her daughter is 10, almost 11 and has only ever seen one episode. Uh, but Mike also, uh, on the other side said he lets his son reads, uh, read the comics, 
when he asks. It always amazes me, like, when I go to cons, I'll see, like, little kids yeah. dressed up as Negan mm-hmm. or kids dressed up as Michelle, you know what I mean? And right. uh, I just wonder, like, what the, how, I mean, I, my kids are, are eight and five, and I would never let them watch it. I've uh, asked people show. at cons, you know, I'm like, oh, he's dressed like Negan, does he know what the story is oh yeah he watched the show how old is he six what <laughs> yeah, it's kind of oh, crazy. i let mine watch it at uh what did, four? You, go up, did you go up to the six-year-old and say you're not a real fan <laughs> you don't know <laughs> what walking dead is anyway as uh russ said we get uh, buster ratings from all of our listeners or a lot of our listeners it seems like all of them this week because man it's a long list yeah, but uh, you're. I get to read them. Oh boy, uh, it, you're, it, it's your treat. So you got this. <laughs> Karen She starts us off. Eh, two out of five suicidal idiots. I was underwhelmed by this episode, even if it wasn't a season finale. I love that the show uh, shocked us in episode fifteen, and that this could be an epilogue of sorts. It just didn't even work for me as an addendum to last week's events. I was super excited for this one because one, the season has been really solid, if not strong. Two, last week's episode set up so much to be addressed in this episode. Three, this was the very first time The Walking Dead has incorporated winter and snow. Uh, I thought they would better utilize the snow since using it visually to contrast bright red blood against the white. I wanted walkers to blow in hurricane snowstorms. <laughs> you better sh- close the shutters. The walkers will blow in. Uh, <laughs> I did like the first uh, Lydia Carroll scene, but the second one felt repetitive and too easily resolved. Negan's redemption by saving Judith and Dog was pretty predictable, although I really love that dynamic. I didn't even get the sense of community like Ezekiel was talking about. It just felt like chess pieces moving in the snow. Michelle and gang so easily Michonne and gang so easily asked Andrew the next day. How did the whispers evade the snowstorm? Why was their camp so sunny with any traces of snow at all? Plot holes galore. Well, I know those are plot holes, it's just things they haven't resolved. You know what I mean? Um, Mike Jones wrote it three coldest balls out of five. This episode <laughs> felt sloppy. The kingdom appeared to have a fire and some plumbing issues, but the downfall didn't feel properly explained. Yeah, I agree. Mike, I said so earlier. Uh, the, the King was way out of line towards Daryl. Uh, Carol and Lydia were the best part of the episode. Negan's were quite funny. The closing scene with the radio seemed totally predictable. It wasn't a terrible episode, but not at the level of this season or a season finale. Uh, Brian E. White said it made him homesick of Cleveland, Ohio. But he could not make out the radio transmission, though. <laughs> um, Samantha Jackson wrote in, two and a half radio transmissions. out. It was boring, unfortunately. Nothing really stood out to me. I liked the Carol Darrell stuff, but it wasn't enough to save the episode. Johnny Stewart wrote in, two, who wrote this Got Gimple out of five? WTF. Wow. I, I guess that's what Scott Gimple means now, huh? The whole season, especially uh, since Rick departed, has been hella good, in my opinion. Now in the finale, I think they dropped the ball bad. Frozen walkers, but the ones under the snow aren't frozen? Did Alf and the Whisperers horde uh, take a trip to Jamaica? How freaking far did they travel to get away from winter in the United States? That's really dumb. The one freaking question I've been thinking all week was how the Whisperers are going to deal with snow. Lame. Lydia has no storyline that I can think of now that Henry Carl line is over. The only thing I can think of is that, like, a Daryl Carroll finally becoming a couple and taking over as a parent for her storyline. Otherwise, I don't see her lasting next year. Still a great season, better than yours, but they dropped the ball. Also, I think it was Maggie on the radio because they had a southern twang, I thought. Enjoy the time off, guys. Maybe a comic recap before Fear in the Summer. Maybe before Aaron has to start covering Endgame. What do you think, guys? Comic episode at some point? 
Yeah, I think I think so. I think we've hinted to it. I think we didn't get around to it with the last break. Uh, with two months, I think we should prioritize well, that. Being internet media, media moguls, such as we are, it's hard for our, <laughs> us to get uh, coordinated in our schedules. But uh, we'll see what we can do. Uh, Michael Santana, two underwhelming series finales out of five. Questions. Why did they have to leave the kingdom? Leaky pipes and some murders were their undoing? Also, where are Alpha and Beta working out their weakness? Miami? It wasn't snowing. Did I miss a time jump? Anyway, pretty meh. Shout out to Return of the Living Dead's table, screaming zombie. Brains, they make the pain go away. Anyone leads, anyone leads catch her at the beginning? Uh, thanks for all the hard work, guys. Catch you with Free Lucky Dead coming soon. They drew a picture of the zombie he was talking about. Uh, Yukiyoshi Sawada. Okay. Oh, it's not too big this time. That's what she said. Uh, due to family promises, I will be unable to bust this episode. Oh, bye. <laughs> but I'm sure I missed last week's buster to do recording issues, so I'll just be quick. Ten pikes out of twelve. Camp Pike. <laughs> and yes, I only changed, uh, I commented to change my end line before we got to Toby's. Ken Pike. Uh, Cheryl Morris Goodman, 2.5 mez out of 5. I guess this off the novelty of the snow and the momentum from last week could carry them through this one. That's all I've got. Katie Levesque, 2.5 sad busters. Winter flurries bring out sad survivors and they're all super vitamin D uh, deprived and still piking depressed. Uh, Carol was a highlight in character development. She always is. She rocks. The only truly positive moments were Negan, Grinch grows a heart, and saves Judith and Dog in the snowstorm, and the We Have Returned to Alexandria, Alexandria uh, celebratory ball fight. Hope next season has some more bloody good stuff in store for us. Brent Jones. 1.5. Okay, I have to do it in a certain impression. Hold on. Worst fidelity ever. Uh, out of five. I hope that was a good enough comic book guy for you, Brent. Uh, is the sanctuary in Whisper territory? A uh, weird that never came up while there was this huge war and Negan's people were all over that area. Too inconsistent. First, two zombies freeze in their tracks. Then, two minutes later, they're literally rising from a frozen riverbank by the dozen. Dumb. How do people live in the woods in tents, uh, wearing a second layer of rotted flesh, make it through a snowstorm so powerful Alexandrians can't even cross the road in? Then, at the end of the episode, they're in the woods in just shirts with no snow on the ground? Does their territory reach all the way down to Georgia? Uh, why do they not keep Negan in handcuffs? He's not up to the bed or the rope or even his two hands together. Sheesh. And walking across a yard in heavy snow somehow became a full-on expedition? Good Lord. At least the radio cliffhanger is interesting. Uh, Aaron cleared that up by saying the sanctuary was not in Whisperer territory. Uh, Mary Turk Pecky, I'll be nice and give it three Whisperer Snowbirds out of five. It wasn't that bad of an episode, but after that, uh, last week, it felt like a huge letdown. Let's take the good Carol and Ezekiel. Their relationship was built on a fairy tale, and theirs didn't have a happy end. Great job by both actors in their scenes. Another good is Negan. Now when he's a bright spot, that might be a sign of not such a great episode, but whatever. I liked him in the start of maybe Redemption. Uh, love the snow, icicles as weapons, frozen zombies. Now for the questions. Was that me? I have to admit, I thought it was going to be Rick. Also, assume going to assume the Whisperers went south to their timeshare. <laughs> but what about the herd? Did they move it? Well, they need to defrost them in the spring. <laughs> For all great season. This episode was pretty disappointing, though. Uh, Lisa Sloat Lockridge. Two lost dogs out of five for this one. I was mostly kind of mess out the whole episode, with the exception of the Car- Carol-Lydia scenes. When Carol teared up while Lydia was begging Carol to kill her, my thought was, Carol's going to adopt her. 
Daryl and now Carol can be the only ones who realize Lydia can't be blamed for her mother's actions. Uh, Carol may always see Henry when she looks at Lydia, but I think eventually that pain will dissipate and she will take Lydia under her wing. Lydia is, after all, a younger, just released from abuse version of Carol. Last thought, I've seen people in other groups perplexed by Carol breaking up with Ezekiel. Well, it's so sad that Carol feels, feels her fairy tale has ended when children die, parents, birth, or adopted, or any combination thereof often end up up. Uh, parents blame each other and themselves and have a very difficult time maintaining a relationship while they're both so deep in grief. I've seen it in real life more than once. So often when people grieve, they push away those who love them most. I think we touched on that in the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dre Irvin. Well, damn, I thought this episode was beautiful. And I like that we're not spending all summer wondering who died or what happened. Maybe, maybe I'm just as, uh, excited for fear, so I didn't mind it. Uh, Ezekiel quoting Shakespeare was so perfect for his character and the most powerful part of this frozen Walking Dead situations. Uh, cowards die many times for their death. The brave experience death only once is so, so true. Great season, great podcast. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Duran. Uh, Ken Mills, I love seeing the winter setting. Okay, Ken, short point. Uh, Richard Charrington, Chopper Cherry Charrington, it's uh, marathon season, buddy. You better get out there with your Coors Light. Running. Uh, four, zombie ice sculptures out of five. There really doesn't seem to be much love for this episode, but I, for one, really enjoyed it. The winter setting was a nice change. But one question, how do the Whisperers survive such harsh conditions if they don't shelter or use fires? Overall, through the uh, though this has been a fantastic season, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, thanks again, guys, for putting out such a great podcast. Really enjoy listening to it. Now I can't wait for fear to start. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate that. Jason Grading, two Hoth zombies out of five. I thought the finale was a pretty boring episode overall, especially coming off last week's episode. It was so boring that I'm having issues even recalling anything to mention. Uh, every season needs a filler episode or two, but it shouldn't be the one that ends the season. A flawed end to what was a great season. Charlie Messing. Well, that was the show with a beginning, middle, and end. I guess one half buster. Okay, drinking some haterade. All right, all right. Uh, Andrew Park got his in just in the nick of time. Uh, two bre- brain freeze headaches out of five. I thought this was a pedestrian episode. Still, it must be a relief in the cold weather to not have the smell of rotting flesh hanging in the air. The super horde that Alpha threatened last week must have really stank. Interesting to see Alpha and Omega performing acts of masculine, but for different reasons, and I liked piss-take Negan. I wonder if the lingering on Jada's portraits at the hilltop is the foreshadowing of her on the radio at the end. Uh, looking forward to Fear, and now, of course, the Walking Deadwood podcast. I must catch up with it if you're going to do it. And finally, Kevin Barry, 3.5 frozen epilogues out of 5. I think this is how you wrap up a storyline and set up the next season. Thank you for the podcast, and I'm looking forward to Fear. Thank you for listening, Kevin. And like I said, if you want to join the uh, Facebook group, that'd be awesome. You can drop your uh, Tobies, since we're moving into Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, we're hovering again, you know, uh, it's at uh, <clears throat> facebook.com slash groups slash WDTV podcasts. And you can keep uh, chiming in with names for the Deadwood podcast, too, if you want, on that same place. For sure. That's been a lot of fun. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you can, as as we mentioned before, you can check Aaron out with uh, on his podcast Out Now with Aaron and Abe, where they discuss the week's uh, recent movie releases. You can check out his uh, TV reviews over at WeLiveEntertainment.com. Um, and Mr. Taylor, where can folks find your great stuff? Uh, you can uh, go to the Taylor Network of Podcasts uh, dot com, or just look up Taylor Network on. Twitter or iTunes or Spotify. 
Worcestershire Radio. Uh, and there's a bunch of podcasts on there. Uh, one is Nothing's On, which is a TV and movie podcast, uh, which I do with Jim and, and Donnie. And there's a Gotham by Geeks podcast, uh, which is a Batman podcast that I do with Russ and, and Hassan and, and, and Chris. Uh, and we have a good time with both those podcasts, uh, as well as others. We, we, we you know, cover Star Trek, we cover Star Wars, we cover, we have uh, a whole bunch of different podcasts that are on the network that you can check out but just by checking out that feed. Excellent. Jim, where can folks find your... Well, as, as Mr. Taylor said, I'm on Nothing's On over at the Taylor Network of Podcasts. Uh, I've also, I was just on Cinema Cavalcade this week for their 100th episode. We covered a Twisted Pair by Neil Breen. Wow, what an incredibly bad movie that was, but it was really <laughs> funny, <laughs> fun and funny to talk about because it was so bad. Um, and you can check me at oldmagicgaming.com. Every week we put up our live uh, D&D podcast straight from our adventures. Uh, we throw some soundtrack uh, music in there and some sound effects and uh, turn it into more of a radio play situation. Every Friday we have a new one coming up, uh, a new one going up at oldmagicgaming.com. Excellent. Rich? Uh, yeah, well, you can find me here on AWLOD on the Walking Dead podcast, and then on uh, the Taylor Network, as Daryl mentioned, um, we have the DC All-Stars podcast that Jim and I are on with uh, Jerry and Daryl, and uh, you can find me on all the socials at ChubToad01. Excellent. And you can tune into this very network for my stuff, as well as the aforementioned Gotham by Geeks that Daryl brought up as well. So thanks everyone for listening. We'll have uh, we'll have some stuff lined up for the break uh, since we're going to be off for two months from the main from from either show at this point. Uh, like I said, uh, the Deadwood thing seems to be getting a lot of positive feedback, so be on the lookout for that. We'll definitely do a comic related show or two if we can if we can squeeze in two. We'll try, but but definitely one. Um, and then the Telltale game. I think uh, Aaron and and Jim for sure would want to talk about that. So thanks everyone for listening. And remember, until there's no more room in hell on the dead, walk the earth. Check your flu. King don't top. let it explode. King top. Yeah, you don't want to get all gunked up. You need that creosote uh, burner. Ooh. <laughs>